What's the buzz? Featuring Aaron Brustman and Pastor Justin Bell. Episode 1. Filmed before a live studio audience. Well, that was a tremendous introduction. Thank you, announcer, whomever whomever you are, whatever your name is. That was very special. That was really good. Pastor Justin, it's great to be here. No, I'm I'm excited we're doing this. Um, And excited to to be doing this with you, Aaron. Well, same. I think this is important. Well, this is the first installment of What's the Buzz at Grace Hill. And we are here with Pastor Justin Bell, and I'm Aaron Bressman. And we are doing this because I guess we need to be intentional about why we are doing it. We're doing this. Uh, this is the first installment of a new weekly podcast uh, recorded with Pastor Bell, um, during which we'll be able to dive a bit deeper into uh, each weekly Sunday sermon uh, that Pastor Bell or Pastor Brady are giving here at Grace Hill. Uh, so that all the preparation and all the work and all the time they put into the sermons that they have to narrow down to 20, 20 tight minutes, um, we can extend it a bit and go a little deeper. But also so that you all can get a better um, understanding of, of who Pastor Justin is, who Pastor Brady is, and uh, get to know them a little better um, through this little longer form podcast each week. Now, why are we calling it What's the Buzz? Uh, well, yeah, I guess we should say that. It's a play on words because my, my nickname back home is Buzz, and so that's what everybody calls me, and so when we talk about, when we were thinking of something fun to name these episodes, it was an obvious play there, so. Now, why was your nickname Buzz? <laughs> that, that's actually a fun story. Um, the, the truth is, um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> my dad... So it comes from my dad's side. Um, everybody on my dad's side calls me Buzz. And every classmates, everybody from my home church and everything. Um, my dad just started calling me Buzz when I was little. Um, he doesn't remember if it was because I always had a Buzz haircut or I was like, you know, just like a little bee. Uh, I was just like, you know, here, 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 zoom, 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 you know. Um, but I actually made up stories about all throughout school of where I got the name. And so... The big one that stuck and that most people back home believe is that my parents were African missionaries <laughs> and I was born in Togo, Africa and the village nicknamed me Buzwanda. And so like I have, I have people when I go home that, that are like, Buzwanda, <laughs> um, that they think, yeah, because <laughs> like at gradu- high school graduation, uh, they said, you know, Justin Allen Bell, you know, and I got back to my seat and I honestly had people around me go, Dude, they got your name wrong. Like, they they oh. really, I mean, I was... They thought your name was Buzz. They thought my name was Buzz. I like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, everybody on my dad's side, my dad's still, you know, Buzz. I think it's probably more true to the fact that you just can't sit still. It, well, that's, yeah. As a kid, especially. And it's funny, because our four-year-old Beckett, like, is the embodiment of me as a child. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, are there any of your kids that are, they're particularly like, oh, he is, he is an exact little mini-me. And if if any of you have seen Beckett at uh, at Grace Hill, (laughs) you'll understand, you'll get some insight into what Pastor Justin was like as a kid as well. Tell us a little bit about um, how, 
you found yourself here in, in Elkhorn, Nebraska, um, as a church planner. Did you always want to be a church planner? Oh, sure. Um, no, no, I really didn't. You know, I grew up in a traditional Lutheran church, um, with the, uh, you know, the hymnal services and the eight o'clock, you know, suit and tie. And, um, and when I went to seminary, I, I really thought, Hey, you know, my future is kind of jumping into the established church. You know, the church has been around for 50 years or so and just helping it move into the next generation. <laughs> you know, like they're just, they're just a generation or two behind, you know, like, and, and so my, my heart was really, I, I, in my best plan, you know, in my head was I'm going to go, I'm going to be an associate, um, build up, you know, to some experience and then one day be the senior and just kind of turn around the established church, get it doing some natural things it needs to do to really um, take it into a more effective ministry in its community. Um, and that was my heart, you know, that was my home church and my, my home church right now is calling somebody, you know, and so I'm a part of that process of trying to help them find the right guy. And because wow. um, I, I just don't want to see those, you know, 50, 75 year old churches just die, you know, like I, I want to, I want to see them kind of get some new new birth and regrowth and um, re-engage their communities, you know, and and um, because churches do have a natural life cycle, and and so that was really my heart. And everyone, and I don't mean to sound that way, but everyone I knew that really wanted to hop into church planning, they kind of hated the established church, like they. Whereas I I loved the established church. Mm-hmm. I admitted it had all the same flaws, but like I didn't think we needed to abandon it or throw it away or start over, you know, like like and it seemed like the church planner guys all were just like, nah, that's all dead. Like the the future is this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't until, you know, I got a couple years into ministry that I saw just how hard it is to actually turn around uh, an established church. I mean, when they talk about a cruise ship, you know, like, you know, the, the church, the, uh, the church plant is a a motorboat and the, the established church is a cruise ship, you know, to, to make a turn. And it it was so true, you know, just trying to do the littlest changes. Mm -hmm. And there was all of this, you know, just, it, it was just hard to get everybody on board, to get everybody behind it. Um, and so, uh, that, that was kind of my first idea of like, you know, church planting, like there might be something to this, like the, to start fresh, mm-hmm. to have no history, to be able to say, Hey, today we're doing this. That didn't work tomorrow. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, and so, uh, I was there in Knoxville, Tennessee for, for about four years as an associate, um, starting new ministries and, and, you know, uh, turning around some of the ministries that were there. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I actually got a call from the Texas district of the, of the Lutheran Church. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we heard you want to be a church planner. And I was like, <laughs> no. No, I actually don't. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> yeah. And they, they called back like two or three times. They were like, just take our test. Like, we have an assessment, you know. Isn't that something? Yeah. And I, I still don't know to this day how I got on that list. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I was on their list, and so I, I did the assessment. They flew a guy out. He interviews me and my wife, and then a bunch of people at church, you know, and and then we got green lighted to plant. And so, 
we had a couple options like in Austin and Houston and stuff and it just didn't line up or, you know, things didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we had kind of put that to bed, you know, like we were just like, we were a young family. I had a, a couple of people I knew that had planted and, you know, they were promised five years of, of funding mm-hmm. and in two years they weren't meeting the metrics and they pulled it. You yeah. Know? And, and, uh, and so you're just sitting there and you're like, I got a young family. Like at the end of the day, I do, I do need to be employed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, and it just seemed too risky at that time in season. And so we kind of just kind of stepped back and then out of nowhere, it was like right around Christmas time. I get a phone call and my, my wife and I had decided together, you know, like we're not going to stay. We're, we're just going to stay, you know, we're not going to do any of this stuff. Like we're going to shut it down. Tennessee is beautiful. We were, yeah. <laughs> and, and we were, we were pregnant at the time, you know, oh, yeah. and, um, and we we're just, and it was about Christmas time. I got a call from, from Sheila Taylor mm-hmm. and she said, Hey, you know, this is divine shepherd in Omaha, Nebraska. We're going to plant a church. Are you interested? Would you like to interview? And I, I just said, Yes. And I hung up the phone, and, and my wife was sitting next to me on the couch, and Joe was like, what did you just say? <laughs> I was like, and I remember the day. I just turned to her, and I said, I think we're going to do this. Like, it was just, it was that instantaneous God nudge of just, you know, and it's only happened a couple times in life, but sure. just those moments where you're like, this is it. Like, yeah. this is the start of something big. Um, and so, yeah, so we we did the interview process, and... Um, flew out here and, um, and then, uh, eventually it came around and, you know, got out here and, and that was, that was awesome because I knew nothing about church planting. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could have <clears throat> hopped into some of the church planting stuff in seminary and learned more and visited church. Plant- I didn't do any of that. I wasn't interested in it, you know? And so I did, I did as much research as I could in the couple of months I had left, you know, and. Um, before I got out here, and I remember day one. Did you one, Google how to plant a church? <laughs> I, did. I did. Church planting for dummies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I bought some books and, you know, went to a conference, you know, and just like, how, how do you do this? You know, where do you start? Because, I mean, it's one of those things. You're like, oh, okay, start a church. How? Yeah. How do you start a church? Yeah, and there really wasn't a blueprint um, that I can recall for Divine Shepherd to plant churches either because... No. That church community had never planted a church before either. Right. And so it wasn't like a bunch of experts were going to help you through the process mm. or a bunch of novices were going to help an expert <laughs> or an expert was going to help some novices through the process. I mean, it was two two different um, entities or groups, if you will, coming together, both not really sure how to do it. Right. And, I mean, yeah, you were a part of that whole process. And yeah, I remember day one walking in. And Pastor Jim said, what's your budget for next year? And this was November. <laughs> and he said, I need to know your budget for next year, like immediately. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, by next week, I need to know your budget. I was like, how do, how do I know? <laughs> budget? <laughs> how do I know what budget I have? Like, I don't know what I'm going to need. I don't, you know, like, and just trying to guess, you know, like, well, okay, this time next year, we need to be open. So... What's it going to take to get there and putting some numbers and guesses together? And, sure. and that, that was why, you know, um, I, I referred to them as the dream team. Uh, that was why they were so huge. Because week one that I walked in there, I was so overwhelmed. I remember my second day at Divine Shepherd just sitting in the sanctuary. And I was just like almost in tears in the morning. Just like 
God, I am so exposed right here. <laughs> like I, they are going to very quickly see that I, I do not know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I do not know. I don't. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I have no idea what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do here. Um, and I, w- I was so scared. And and I just was praying like God, please send me people to help. Please send me people mm-hmm. to help. And within that first week, I had, you know, four families that walked up and were like, "Hey, new guy, like, what do you need? You know, how can we help?" And I was like, "Would you just meet with me on Wednesday night? You know, like, come together and let's meet and just kind of give me the lay of the land. What 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 has already been talked about? What hasn't been talked about? Mm-hmm. Where are we at? Where are we? And in that group, you know, like, Grace Hill." exist um, because of all the incredible people that have been a part of this journey. Um, and, and there were so many a part of that launch team and so many, but that dream team really does hold a special place because um, we, we called it the dream team because we dreamed up a church. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started day one with a blank sheet of paper, <laughs> you know, totally. like, and you were a part of totally that team, blank, you know, yeah. and, and your wife and, and it was, you know, it ended up being seven couples and 23, 21 kids or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was just ridiculous. We had to get babysitters when we met. Just to meet. Yeah, just yeah. to meet on Wednesday nights. But it was every Wednesday night, and everybody <clears throat> was in, and everybody talked. And and we started with those first two questions. And, and it was Ryan Hahn that came up with those mm-hmm. first two questions of, what is a church you would be excited to invite somebody to? Mm-hmm. And what is a church that even somebody that has no church experience whatsoever would feel comfortable and want to come back to? Mm-hmm. And then we just, what would the preaching be like? And I, w- and I was willing to listen. Like, you know, we need to talk about real topics. We need to talk about this and this and this. You know, what would the music be like? What would the kids program be like? What would the atmosphere be like? What would the hospitality be like? And, and just, we spent months. We spent, what, six months? Yeah. And then the name was the biggest battle. Indeed it was. What did you want the name of the church? <laughs> I always get picked up for this. I was, and I will admit this, I was the only one who voted against Grace Hill. Originally. <laughs> originally. Um, I wanted it to be Lone Tree Church. And it was Amanda Reiser that said, that sounds like a place you go to die. And then it was done. That that was done. But it was when we when we got that graphic designer, uh, Thompson. Uh, Chip. Chip Thompson. Oh, Chip, yeah. And, and we said, hey, Grace Hill, um, all of our stories meet at the foot of the cross, you know, mm-hmm. like we're, all of us meet there and we're either the thief on the left or the right. We're either, all of us are thieves. Right. Like we're either the one that, that mocks him or we're the one that says you are the, the savior of the world, you know, yeah. like, and he's the one that came up with that graphic. And what, and I, I remember that day that we brought it back to the dream team and it was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is the image. This is Grace Hill. This is what it's all about. And when we shared that with the rest of the church, you know, we grabbed a bunch more people. You know, uh, the launch team was uh, 53 adults, 47 kids. It was a perfect hundred. Yeah. And the, I mean, you couldn't ask for, you know, to be, but it was a perfect hundred. And 47 kids. Right. You know, like, it was crazy when we started. Well, that's something that, that we found to be extremely important um, here. Just the, the, the number of kids, um, how involved they are. Um, involving them in in worship, um, which isn't always easy. You know, you have to make space oh, for them is. here, yeah. which which we've done, um, and, uh, and 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 some people might see that as a as a bit disruptive, but it's important, as you know, just mm-hmm. to have have them involved. So Grace Hill being a place where you'd want to invite people to, and then make it easy for those who are 
um, unchurched, if you will, to, to be involved and, and to come in the door and feel welcome to feel comfortable. That's a big, that's certainly a big piece of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that they know that their kids can, can be with them and be a part of the, of the service as well. You said something about um, sitting in the sanctuary in tears, um, feeling like you were going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that, that hit me because I think we all wrestle with, with that. Uh, somebody actually truly knowing us or knowing mm-hmm. our faults or, or our weaknesses yeah. or our failures. And as a pastor, I mean, aren't you perfect? I mean, that, right. uh, we, right. we, <laughs> we hold you uh, in such high regard and, and you're on this pedestal. Uh, but something that, that is certainly special and, and hits home with, uh, with, with me and with my family, but also just as many people as I can imagine here at Grace Hill, um, is how, um, how real you are. In, in your sermons, um, and uh, to the point where you say, hey, I'm not perfect. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think you might say that every Sunday. Yeah. I'm not a perfect dad. You said that this past Sunday. I'm not a perfect yeah. dad. Uh, I'm not a perfect husband. And, uh, and just to be real, um, that, hey, we're, we're all human. We were born into, into sin, and, mm-hmm. and through Christ, um, we're reconciled, but only through Christ. And, and that's, that's such that. a hard balance for me as a pastor because... Um, you you want to share that vulnerability, but you also don't want it to be an excuse for people, because you, the concern is the husband out there that's doing a really crappy job mm-hmm. is going to go. Oh, see, Justin, he doesn't even live up to what he's. But so what do I got to you know like or the, if the pastor can't right yeah you know so you don't want to you don't you want to be real with people, but you also want to challenge them that like that's not okay mm-hmm. like it's not okay for me and it's not okay for you. Um, and, and so, but people use it as an excuse, especially you got to do this with the high school kids. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I hop into youth group and, and teach in there, you know, like you don't want to sit there and give them the excuses and say like, oh, when I was in high school, I messed up too. And cause they hear that immediately. They're like, yeah, see, I can, I can do what I want and I, I can ask for forgiveness later. Sure. And, you know, you don't want to give them too much permission because that's how they take it. When we're stuck in our sin, that's what we do. We look for justification. Mm-hmm. You know, like why we don't have to change, why we don't have to repent, um, and so it's a, it's it's a delicate balance. But also, I think it's so important for people to hear that because um, I, I think that's one of the huge barriers to to church in general mm-hmm. is that that judgmental piece and mm-hmm. everybody's holier than thou and looks down on everybody else. And so from from the front, I want it to be seen like I am one fellow sinner encouraging and leading other fellow sinners not towards me but towards Jesus mm. like I'm trying to follow Jesus better and uh, I'm trying to encourage you and help you to follow Jesus better one of the things that <clears throat> that I hear pretty frequently from uh, from from people whether they're they're family members at Grace Hill or visitors or regular visitors or you know occasional um, is how relatable your sermons are um, and I think that goes back to being open and, yeah. and vulnerable um, in your preaching and, and just how important that is. Now, you mentioned um, the, how difficult it is sometimes with, with the high school kids because they might look to something you said and you yeah. said as an excuse or justification. Um, but I, I want to circle back on that because you're extremely involved with the youth of this church. Yeah. And there's there's a considerable number of, of youth that we see in worship regularly here yeah. at Grace Hill. And that that is 
such an incredible blessing, one of the more amazing things at this place. Visit with me just a bit about your involvement um, with, uh, with the youth here in this church. How, how often are you involved with the youth? Um, yeah. what, to what level, what degree? Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, first off, that's out of necessity. <laughs> like, we, are, we are a small organization. We, we're it's lean. A, we run lean here. We run lean. Yeah, that's what Ryan said the other day. We run lean. Um, so yeah, I, um, I teach our, our confirmation classes for 7th and 8th graders. And then our youth group meets on Sunday nights, high, high school and middle school. And I'm at most of those. Um, I'll, take, uh, I'll take one a month off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a Sunday night with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, I, I think it's important because when we say, um, to the youth that this isn't your parents' church, this is your church mm-hmm. too, like then they need to have a relationship with the pastor too. They need to know me. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we just went to Houston for a week together with high school kids. Like they know me, like, you know, and how many we, kids? 31 31 high school, high school kids, kids yeah. uh, for a week down in Houston. Um, and, and I love our youth. And, and you know, we, we try and teach them this all the time, that you don't, get, you don't get plugged into church and you don't become a part of the church once you're an adult. Like, you're a part of the church now. And so we have, we have youth that are back running tech and video. We have youth that are on stage leading worship. We have youth that are in our kids' programming. We have kids... Um, we have our youth on our serve events, you know, and and we, we want them to see, like, God has something for you right now. Mm-hmm. Because these kids, you know, um, no matter what school they're in, you know, we have a lot of kids that go to the, the private, you know, Christian schools. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of kids in the public schools. No matter where you're at, God's already at work in your life. Mm-hmm. There are people he wants you to, to reach out to. I mean, we got to remember, our kids, our, our youth are in a much more volatile environment than we are as adults. High school right now, I mean, like, I, I don't show up to work and people are, are smoking, you know, whatever in the, in the bathroom at my work. That, that is happening in their, yeah. their place of, of their schools every day. Mm-hmm. They're around drugs every single day. Every day, every day they're around um, sex, language, you know, violence, uh, just worldly I mean we have to remember that as adults like we we have professionalism in the workplace we have codes of conduct in the workplace <laughs> we're we're isolated from this stuff we have to go off work and go see and be around what they are around in the middle of school every day mm-hmm. and so we've got to equip these kids we've got to encourage these kids we've got to build these kids up because they are already needed in this world to be the Christian people that they're called to be. And so that's why we put the emphasis. That's why I'm in there with them. And it, I mean, I think some parents would, would be a little shocked what we talk about in youth group. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want the first time you hear about certain things to be from your stupid 14-year-old friend right. giving you advice about it. I want you to hear it from someone who loves you and cares about you <clears throat> and, and wants to get there first and say, hey, when you interact with this, when you see this for the first time, Here's what you need to be thinking. Here's what what God says. Here's what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, we get. I get in there and I I lay it to them. You know, like here's here's what's life's about. Here's what God says. And um, and we have some really awesome awesome youth and we have some really awesome talks. So we do. 
Yeah, not to mention just the <clears throat> exposure um, that and, and the impact that technology has on you oh, today. Oh, goodness. So you're not just learning something from one of their, their moron friends, but and, and getting exposed to it by adults through technology, social media. And, and that's, what, that's what the adults need to realize is the youth today are in a far more volatile environment than they are. Because the youth, I mean, the, the adults watch the news and they're like, oh, look at all this. And no, no, no. Your, your youth is getting bombarded by their phone um, 10 times worse than you are with temptations and unhealthy things. And so we've got to pour everything into them right now to, to hold on to them. Yeah, there's, there's no way that we can keep up as adults, parents, um, grandparents, etc. We could not possibly, we cannot possibly keep up with the technology um, to protect them uh, from it. Right. But um, rather, like you said, to equip them for it. Right. Um, and, and, I, and again, it's, it's one of the more special things <clears throat> that I believe um, Grace Hill offers is uh, just the, the intentionality with the youth, uh, not only in the youth group, um, but also for their involvement in worship, serving in worship, being in worship. And for me, it's heartwarming to see as many kids as I do um, on a weekly basis. And, and many of many of whom uh, show up on their own, Oh yeah. Um, in fact, drive, drive themselves. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I met with, with a young lady last week um, who, who drives herself to worship. Yep. Every Sunday. That's, uh, I think that goes to speak of, um, of the intentionality uh, behind it. And, uh, and then also, um, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? The reward of the results. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fruits of the labor, so to speak. The intentionality of, of uh, knowing that they're loved and cared for and that they're important and they're wanted here mm-hmm. um, is, is, certainly, is certainly showing up. Let's go to your sermon. Let's talk about your sermon a little sure. bit. Okay. Um, from last Sunday's, we started a new sermon series um, about Colossians. And uh, how many weeks are we going to run this series? It's two months. Two months. Okay. Yep. So eight weeks, Pastor Brady is going to be preaching. Vicar Brady? What do I call the guy? Well, he's, Vicar Brady, he's Pastor Vicar Brady? for now until he's Pastor Brady. Temp? Beard. Yeah. Temp? Yeah, we're still fooling it out. <laughs> we'll see how he does someday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in in your sermon, um, again, part of the reason for uh, for this podcast and this weekly series is uh, to go a bit deeper, mm-hmm. um, or to just give you an opportunity to to speak more, um, because a lot of a lot of prep goes into um, preparing for a sermon, giving a sermon, uh, researching um, and studying for it. And then you have to somehow keep it tight uh, yeah. to 20-ish minutes. Um, didn't, you, didn't keep it to 20-ish this week. Didn't you? No. I never timed you. I ran over this You week. were over. Yeah. Well, it was the first week of this series, right. so yeah. un- understandably, right? Yeah. But it's, it's certainly... Uh, <laughs> you, you have to you have to hit your main points and keep people uh, engaged. Um, and, and you know, three services on Sunday morning, uh, I hear three different sermons. So yeah, it's great. It's it's actually really awesome that that I get the opportunity to hear that three different ways because um, 
I'm getting more from it, mm-hmm. you know, as a part of that. Uh, but this is an opportunity for, for people listening in to, to, to get more uh, than just the, the 20-ish minutes that, mm-hmm. that you provide. And so going back to the message, um, you introduced it by talking about nine things that we take for granted mm-hmm. about, about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you said something about, um, when is your anniversary, by the way? Sunday. Sunday is your anniversary this coming. Okay, so you said that that you might take your wife for granted, or she might take mm-hmm. you for granted. You know the the courtship. Those mm-hmm. that that's over. The honeymoon's over, so right. to speak. You're 12 years in now, right. and uh, and yeah, we certainly do um, take for granted those we love, um, not intentionally. But your wife doesn't say that about you. Does she talk about me? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Oh she yeah. does. Yeah, she said every day. <laughs> She feels cherished and loved. Okay. Well, that's husband of the year. Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I have a I have a uh, an award on my wall. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, I carry it. Yeah, and I have a little mini one that I carry with me too in case anybody wants to know. Uh-huh. So, the nine things we take for granted um and I just want to run through those just really quickly, sure. but I I wanted to dive a bit deeper into one or even two of those. Okay. Um so um first of which uh that we might take for granted the fact that the sun Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is is the image of God mm-hmm. to us, correct? And then number two, Jesus is the ruler over all creation. Correct me or jump in if I if I've missed any of these. I was typing without my glasses. Yep. <laughs> you were just saying, you know, okay. Number three, Jesus is the creator of all things, mm-hmm. um, and that's the point I want to go back to um, in just a minute here. Uh, number four, Jesus is eternal. Number five, Jesus is the sustainer of all things. Jesus is the head of the church, number six. Number seven, Jesus is alive. I want to go back to number six as well, actually. Uh, Jesus is alive, number seven. Number eight, Jesus is fully God. And then number nine, Jesus is reconciler. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I said I want to go back to, uh, if it's okay with you, <clears throat> number three, Jesus is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. Now, there are... M- I imagine there are many people who are like, no, wait, Jesus, Jesus was born, you know, 2000 years ago mm-hmm. and that's when Jesus came to be. Right. But in your sermon, you said, no, Jesus always, always was. Yeah. Right. Jesus yeah. is eternal as God is eternal. Um, Jesus was there before mm-hmm. we were created, before the earth was created. Um and that that's a tough concept, I oh, think. Gosh, I mean, the Trinity yes. in and of itself is is right. a very difficult concept. But again, this is one point of one sermon yeah. <laughs> that you made in twenty ish minutes, and yeah. so and I, and I said we could really do a sermon on each one of those points. for sure. Um, but yeah, so so when we look at God, um, we have the three persons: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, in the very beginning. As God created the world, we have to exi- remember He existed before He created all that stuff. He's always existed. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit has always existed. Um, and what we see is at the creation of all things, um, God the Father is speaking things into action that the Word of God, which is Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus, so before He was come to earth as the body of Jesus, He is with God, fully God, um, doing the actions that the Father, which is also the same relationship we see once He's on Earth, mm. the Father, the Father and He 
uh, in Jesus. Jesus will pray. Father gives direction. Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Jesus makes it happen. Um, and that's what's happening in in the creation story is the Father is speaking. The Son is making Acting. it come to yeah. life. And the Holy Spirit, you can look in Genesis where, you know, the Spirit's swelling over the water. You know, like, and, and so the Spirit's there, the Word is there, and the Father is there, all of them creation. And then in the Old Testament, um, there's a difference. It's a really cool study that we can do at some point. I've talked about doing it in a sermon series once. Um, but throughout the Old Testament, we see um, uh, an angel of the Lord does this, an angel of the Lord does this. But every once in a while, certain stories, um, the angel of the Lord does something, shows up and does something, mm-hmm. wrestles with Jacob, you know, like these these signature moments of the Old Testament, the angel the of the angel. Lord. And there's something significant about that that it's and what we recognize is that's the pre incarnate Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is that is the <clears throat> doer of the Father mm-hmm. coming to earth to do his will. Um, and that's Jesus. And then Jesus comes and he's born uh, of Mary and he becomes man, fully God and fully man at the same time. So Jesus has always been present. Mm-hmm. He didn't just come into existence when he was born. Yeah, and, and and we talked about that on Sunday. That is such a big concept to try and wrap your head around mm-hmm. um, that I think that's why Jesus says faith like a child. Like at some <laughs> point you just got to be like, well, okay, okay. <laughs> you can do it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah. But do you have follow-up? or? Yeah, I just, I was I was particularly struck. I mean, that's that was something that, that, uh, that hit me, and I don't even remember which service it was. Um, I don't think it was the the eight o'clock, but it, it was one of the subsequent services, the following services. Because every like, sermon's different. Because everyone's different, and and I'm well, also, they might not realize that. And I, I mean, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, you know, get myself in any kind of trouble here. And I'm sure I'm the only one who could say this is that sometimes I get distracted yeah. with other things while you're preaching. Oh yeah, I'm not completely locked in mm-hmm. to every second of the twenty minutes. Yeah, and so. <laughs> So you said you said that, and uh, and it, and it it hit me. It was like, oh, you know, God said, "Let there be light," and His words went into action. And I and suddenly I just instantly got this visual of of Jesus being the actor yeah. of that. Um, and you know, God created th- this concept of time. Uh, that he is not bound by, but we are, and so <laughs> it's, it's so incredibly. And, and Pastor Brady's going to go into the mystery, right? And he's yeah. going to speak to the mystery of it um, as he's coming and going right now. If you hear those beeps, Pastor Brady's in and out of the office, and so this is like you said in front of a live studio audience. There Here you we go. Are. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't say that. The announcer. The said announcer that. said that, um, which was Brady. <laughs> oh, was it Brady? Yeah, that was Brady that came into. Yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize. <laughs> It did sound a bit like him, but not completely. <laughs> um, and then to get to your next point, um, in that in that same, I guess the, the next thing that you said in, in that same thing is Jesus is the action of God's words. He made the invisible as well as the, I'm sorry, he made the visible as well as, as, well the, as the invisible. Yeah. And that blew my mind too. Um, sitting there thinking, oh yes. Right, it's not just the tangible things, the 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 things that we can see or experience or touch or, or whatever, but it's also the things that we think, that we feel. Mm-hmm. And you and you said, um, you said, well, you said emotions. Yeah. Like, how do we have the emotions that we have? Right. You know, we all have them. Right. Well, how do we all have them? You know. And, yeah. 
and and that would be an example of 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 the invisible mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um. What was the other point? Oh, I wanted to go to Jesus as the head of the church. It was point number six. Yeah. Um, this this was I think a really good a really good statement, which is that you know Grace Hill, um, the church, not the building, the church, the people um, of Grace Hill. Um, you're not the head of it as the pastor, the senior pastor here at Grace Hill. You're not the head of it. Um, the staff, so Sarah Brady, myself, we're not the head of the church. Um, the board of elders, the board of directors, they're not the head of the church, but in fact, Jesus is yeah. the head of the church. Um, and so we don't necessarily open it up, or I should say you don't necessarily open it up to, hey, what do you guys want to hear on Sunday? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more through prayer and, and uh, in divine inspiration, mm -hmm. if, if I may, um, that, we, that we tackle these series. I, I bumped into somebody. Um, I was out and about and bumped into somebody um, who, who attends here fairly regularly and said that time and time again, he'll walk in and be wrestling with something in his life, struggling, um, highs, lows, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And you're preaching directly to him. Yeah, I mean, he'll hear something, and he has heard things, rather, um, that that absolutely feel like you're talking directly to him at the time he needs to hear it, saying what he needs to hear, um, and and I think that reflects the the uh, well exactly what you said that in prayer that's what leads you to the well, series. And the coolest part about that is is. In the same service, ten different people can feel exactly that, and mm -hmm. it's a different thing, you know. And that, and that's what we talk about is um, uh, there's a, a pastor out there, and he always says like my my sermons are moderately delivered but exceptionally received mm -hmm. because it's the Holy Spirit doing the work. Yeah. And, and I I talk about that you know from time to time in mm -hmm. my sermons that I've had it happen literally probably a hundred times in my, my, you know, 11 years of being a pastor where like someone comes out of church and they're like, you said exactly what I needed to hear today. And they tell me what I, I supposedly said. And I did not say that. Like I was in that arena, but I didn't. And that's because the Holy Spirit is active. Yeah. I mean, like I plan my sermon series a year out. I have all of 2023 planned out. So I'm not writing some sermon week of, you know, or, or picking the topic week sure. of. And like it's incredible how time and time again something big will happen, and already that week I'm talking about something, and it's like, God, you knew. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't change the sermon. This is literally what a year ago I planned out, and it's right what needs to be said. Mm. You know, with the topic that's, and it's because every every Sunday before I preach, I get up and I pray the same prayer, and I say, I say, God. You must increase. I must decrease. Mm -hmm. This is about you. May you be glorified. You know, and I, I do. I get humbled and just say, God, thank you for using a broken vessel like me. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of my, you can see me before I go up. I, I just take like 10, 15 seconds. I, I just say my, my own little prayer to, um, to just say like, I'm humbled. Like, mm -hmm. that I get to be a part of this. Um, mm -hmm. Because there are tons of times I'm up there preaching, and, and we mentioned this earlier, but if you if you go to Grace Hill... One of the things you'll 
you might not know is all three sermons are different. Mm-hmm. Eight o'clock, nine thirty, and eleven. I don't I don't write out word for word. Mm-hmm. I have bullet points and I just kind of let it go and I get to my bullet points as I need to. But then there'll be certain times in a sermon where I just I go into a side topic and I get done and I'm like, why? Why did I go there? Why did I go there? Mm-hmm. Like, why did I think that? Why did I say that? Um, and then I, I've come to recognize, like, because God's taking so over. Yeah. This is His moment. And I always say, like, God, don't let me mess this up. Like, mm-hmm. whatever needs to be said here, whatever needs to be done here, you do it. Use me. Like, take over. You do your thing. Yeah. And just use me. Um, and He does. And that's what's so cool that I get to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because people come out all the time. They're like, oh, great sermon, great sermon. And I, I've learned to just say, okay, thank you. It, but I remember, like, I really had very little to do with mm. that. You know, that that moment of inspiration where, like, I all of a sudden think of that fifth point that I was like, man, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give myself credit <laughs> for that. Like, I'm like... I'm a genius. Right? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't even think like that. You know, like, that's yeah. not something I would even... You know, that's not a, a, a point I would come up with. You know, like I recognize, like, God, you were at work. And it's all to you, and it's all to your glory. Don't let me mess this up. Like, mm-hmm. you have this moment. Captivate their hearts. Move them. Yeah. Change them, God. Um, and it's so cool to be a part of. And so that's where, you know, like, yeah, Jesus is the head of church. He's the head. Yeah. He's the head. He takes over. <clears throat> He's the vine. We're the branches. Right. And we are bearing the fruit, you know, yeah. through him. Yeah. And we get to be a part of it. You know, one of the yeah. greatest things I ever heard um, was, you know, like, it's incredible that, that we're God's plan A and he has no plan B. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the analogy was um, the preacher was talking about um, changing the oil with his dad mm-hmm. in his car. And he's like, it always took my dad three times longer when I helped, quote unquote <laughs> helped, you know, as a kid. Um, but my dad, you know, I, I, he said, you know, I always loved doing it, but I could tell, like, I was worried it would frustrate him if I was out there. And he's like, so I'd always ask him for he heads out there, like, Dad, can I come? And he was like, always. You know, he yeah. always said always. Even though I knew he could go out there and do it in 10 minutes and it would take us 30, he always said always. You know, like, and he said, and that's how God is with us. Like, God's God could do all that he has to do without us. Mm-hmm. Like, and it'd probably do it a lot easier. <laughs> but he's like... You're my plan A. Yeah. I want to do it through you, even if it gets bumpy, even if it's a mess, even if we got to start over, you know, like, I want you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's humbling for me as the pastor. That's what's humbling for everyone that serves is he wants us, where's plan A? And there is no plan B. It's like, I'm going to do my work and I'm going to use you. Yeah. And it's going to be messy. And But I wouldn't want to do it without you. Yeah. And he does. He does, in fact, use... The, the messiest sometimes right. to accomplish his will. And sometimes the messiest make the greatest, greatest stories. Sure, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're very organized. You're a planner. So you have your sermon series planned out well in advance. <laughs> and I think that's important to note um, just how relevant God's Word is today because He's still speaking um, far, far in advance of, of when he's using you to deliver oh, yeah. these messages. And uh, and then again, for like like I said, that, that gentleman I, that I bumped into, for him to, to feel like that was the right message on the right day, at the right time, right. delivered in the right way, to have an impact on his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe that there are more instances like that 
than than we could even be. And it's so cool and humbling to be a part of, you know, because you you have the same effect with your music. There there are people that come out and say that song, right after that, you know, moment and that like that and yeah, you when you pick that song, I'm sure that's what you thought was like I'm gonna I'm gonna tear everybody's no, heart I, out at that moment, you know, like, and just open them raw. You right know, on, like, that's right. This yeah. is really going to get them. Yeah. No, what I think of is like, I wish I would have written that song. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that's a good word. <laughs> right? That's a good... Yeah. Um, just to, to, to wrap up, uh, Jesus being the head of, of the church, Jesus being the head of, of Grace Hill, um, would you just ask Jesus if I can have a raise? Oh, he's the head of Grace Hill. Well, yeah. That, that'll go through the board. <laughs> <laughs> but you said Jesus was the head of the church. They'll pray about it. <laughs> Let me know what Jesus says. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hate to, but I think we should probably wrap it up here pretty yeah. quickly. And the way that I want to wrap this up, and I have not given you any forewarning on this or okay. heads up, but this is what we're going to do. Five rapid questions. Oh boy. They're going to be different. So okay. this is, you've got no knowledge of what these questions I are. I don't. <laughs> and and what, uh, what I've uh, found to be very true is when you ask people rapid questions, you give them no time to think about it, the answers they give are the most truthful answers. And so okay. we're going to just hit you hard, okay? Ready. Uh, Pastor Justin Bell, rapid question number one, what is your favorite sports? What's your favorite sport and your favorite sport team? To play or watch? To How play we, basketball. To play basketball. To watch uh, college football. College football. Okay. So play basketball. Now, for those of you who do not know Pastor Justin in real life, how tall are you? Uh, six foot one. <laughs> Five six. Okay. <laughs> All right. Basketball's a great sport. Favorite uh, sport to watch? College football. Favorite team? Notre Dame. And why? Uh, so my whole family is from Indianapolis. Uh, nobody really went to college, and so our our allegiances are to Notre Dame football and Indiana basketball. Got it. Okay. So I grew up going to Bobby Knight basketball camp, and so those are the two you know major programs in Indiana. So Bobby Knight camp. Uh, Follow up question: Did he ever grab you by your neck? He did cuss at me, and it was the greatest <laughs> moment ever. So he shows up for like thirty minutes only. At his own camp, right? And he just like talks and then he leaves and all the other coaches do everything. And so he gets done talking and they split us up in the groups, you know, and we're supposed to like start running laps to warm up again. And he comes walking up the the middle aisle and we come and we're within like two feet of him. And, you know, I'm in like sixth grade, I think. And so like I just stop and I'm point blank in front of him just staring at him. And he's a bear of a man. I mean, he's, you know, and he looks down at me. And he just, in that deep growl, you know, because the coaches are blowing their whistle, like, let's go, let's go, you know. And he goes, what are you looking at? Get your beeping gear. And I mean, it just like shook my chest, you know. And so I run home after, or I run back to the dorms afterwards, and I collect call my dad, you know. And I'm like, dad, Bobby Knight cussed at me. And he's like, Joyce, Bobby Knight cussed at him. You know, like it was huge. Yeah, the man cussed in my face. I can say that. There's even spit flying. He's a legend. He's a yes. legend. Okay. Uh, question number two, Pastor Justin Bell. What is your favorite food? Uh, so, um, Don't think about it now. Well, because I have my soy allergy. My, my answer would be corn dogs and mac and cheese. But because I have my soy allergy that I've gotten, uh, I just found out I'm allergic to soy within the last like year and a half. Um, 
it's it's had to change. So I would say like steak and potatoes. Steak and potatoes. Okay, that's a good answer. We'll go with that one. Yeah. Steak and potatoes. But corn dog and mac and cheese would together. Answer. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like a meal. Okay. Corn dogs and mac and cheese. Okay. Sure. That, for my for thirty six years of my life, that was, <laughs> that, my, was it. <laughs> that was it. That was your go to. Like Greg Taylor, you have the same thing for lunch every single day. Does he really? He has a hot dog for lunch every day. Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. Good for Greg Taylor. Random, random. Greg Taylor, shout out. Shout out to Greg Taylor. Uh, rapid question number three, Pastor Justin Bell, what is your favorite artist or song? And or song. Ooh. Um, I'm a big Counting Crows fan. Counting Crows, okay. Yeah. So, favorite song? Uh, Mr. Jones around here. Oh, I thought you were going to say Omaha. No, well, that's a great... That whole first album is great. I, I play it, you know, like on uh, Fridays, nobody's here in the office. Mm-hmm. I got jam on Yeah, Crows. I got Counting Crows going that August and everything after yeah. CD. Uh, yeah, it's a good vibe. He, uh, Adam, what's his last name? I can't think of his last name. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Something like a that. humble, super humble guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really humble. Um, very talented, obviously. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Okay, rapid question number four, Pastor Justin Bell. What is your favorite movie? Backdraft. Backdraft. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually going to fall. That that might lead into this next question. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Rapid question number five, Pastor Justin Bell. If you were not a pastor, what would you be doing? <laughs> no, I would not be a firefighter. You would be a firefighter. No. Okay. I would pass out as soon as blood came out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd show up on the scene of a car accident and I would be the next victim. So no like, doctor, no nurse. No I would be a storm chaser. A storm chaser? I love weather. Okay. I love weather. I love severe storms, tornadoes, all that. When we get weather, like my wife can attest, she gets annoyed you know like if, if there's the potential of severe weather i'm every 30 minutes checking it all day and then once we go under a warning you like i'm outside and i've got the radar on and i love severe weather i could see us we should outfit your your camry with like all like you know like from the movie twister oh yeah those with the little yeah things. spinning things all the, and the, all the, the, the barometers, the barometers. And yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then extra armor i actually have this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. In the garage, I just look it all <laughs> just, up and go just, out. It just comes down yeah. from the roof of the garage, sits on your car. The good news about my car is it could get all dinged up by hair. It won't matter. <laughs> nobody will no, it's like, nobody will notice. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much no, this for was spending all the time. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Grace Hill, Grace Hill Church is a church in Elkhorn founded 2016. Am I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2016. I want to be right about that. Um, located at 20275 Honeysuckle Drive here in Elkhorn. We have worship services every Sunday at 8 o'clock, at 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we hope to, uh, to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Do you want to go out with that? Should we get Brady back in here to get his outro? <laughs> 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 you have to teach me that. <laughs>